podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse. He strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week seven, and you know what that means. It's another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Guys, I'm so excited to have our EP, our executive producer, Guy Drinkle, on the show. And and there's a reason why the EP has been called into this show. I'm not in trouble, I, I don't think. Um, we'll see. But we, <laughs> we will see. But... Um, We'll discuss it towards the end of the show. So that's that's a little teaser for you guys um, to figure out why the EP is on the show. But Mr. Guy Drinkle, we've got a whole host of fixtures to go through for this weekend. First and foremost, how are you doing? Uh, mid Midweek football is back again, this time in the form of Champions League football. Have you been able to catch some of that? Yeah, I watched the Liverpool game last night, obviously. Uh had to, well, recorded a pod after that, so I had to watch it. I'm a Liverpool fan, obviously, so that helps watching your own team. Uh, and I currently have the Man United game on in the background, so if I burst out laughing, it probably means Villarreal have retaken the lead. And if, if I just, like, tut for a bit, it's probably Man United have won. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, that that's all good. Um, a little inside baseball then, of time of recording for this podcast. Yeah, currently 66 minutes into the Man United game. So you might hear some gasps or laughter, some sort of reactions to Man United's game. And I don't know if we're on the same timestamp in terms of the game. So it will be interesting to see. <laughs> I could spoil those. it for you. <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not. But Guy, we obviously are a Premier League predictions show. And this weekend, we start on a Saturday. Not, it's not a Friday night. We kick off on a Saturday. And just scanning over some of these fixtures, I mean, there's obviously one that stands out. And I don't think we're being biased by saying Liverpool versus Man City is probably the biggest game of the weekend. But I'm looking at, for example, Burnley-Norwich. I mean, I'm not being biased there either. Norwich, the unofficial official club of this podcast for 2021-2022. But that game could be massive in terms of where those teams are looking to, you know, they're, they're both trying to stay up at, 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 at this current point in time. Burnley, you would hope, would have had higher aspirations than just trying to stay up. But at the moment, that that's the situation they're in. I'm scanning further down. We're looking at Brighton versus Arsenal, two very informed teams. I mean, we got some interesting ones here. 
it is it is it the obvious one that stands out in Liverpool versus Man City, or is there another one that's caught your eye? Yeah, that's definitely the one that catches my my eye. But other than that, I, I like Brighton v Arsenal. I think they're they're usually fun games, regardless. But this season, Brighton have obviously started the season really well. I think they're sick for the minute. Uh, I will open the table up. That would probably be useful for me. But uh, uh, Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal have obviously kind of got their season started as well, haven't they? I mean, what is it? Back to, I think it's three wins in a row, is it, for Arsenal? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Look at me. Look at me reading the table. Well, three, <laughs> three wins in a row. Obviously, the big one over uh, Tottenham last weekend. We will obviously get to Tottenham and how bad they are at the minute. But... Um, yeah, I think that's probably the other one I'd pick out because it's usually a fun game, but it's it, it probably a good marker for how good both teams are at the minute. Yeah, I'm I'm very fascinated in that game. Dare I say that's the game I'm looking forward to the most just because they're both clubs in red-hot form. I mean, a Liverpool-Man City game for me can go either way, to be mm. honest, Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I could see a 5-0 either way as well, and yeah, I wouldn't exactly. be surprised. Those teams just... It just Depends what happens on that. But Brighton Arsenal, two very informed teams. I'm curious to see what happens there. But guy, we don't start there. We start Saturday with the team that you are currently watching on your second screen in Man United. They host Everton. And Everton side who they started the season hot. Um obviously they get the 2-0 win against Norwich last week and you know begrudgingly. We have to mention that they, they, they had that result because obviously, as you know, Norwich are the official, unofficial club for this podcast for this year. But previously, you know, the week before that, they had the loss to Aston Villa, the 3-0 loss, which kind of was surprising considering how well Everton were playing. Mm-hmm. What what do we make of Everton then this season uh, and he- heading into this game against a Man United side that is probably I don't know if 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 it's correct to say they're under a little bit of pressure considering they've just given Oli a new contract but things haven't gone their way of late this this is a very interesting game yeah it really is I mean obviously quite a lot will depend how the Champions League game finishes here in the background but I mean Oli out um part of Man United Twitter doesn't seem to go away I think quite a lot of them see his shortcomings as a manager especially when you compare him to the top three managers in the league. And even in this game, Rafa Benitez is a much better, much, 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 much better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, in my opinion. Obviously, I don't think he'd ever go work there. I think Everton's a bit different. Um, But, yeah, Graham Potter, David Moyes, I know he's had the United gig, but there's many managers I'd pick over Ole, um, which is great for me as a Liverpool fan. Um but yeah, I think the pressure will ramp up from the fan base because if they drop points against Villarreal, the, the Villa game was embarrassing. Um, the Young Boys game a couple of weeks ago as well. It, 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 you, see the, you see the weaknesses there and obviously it was meant to be a four-horse race in the title. And obviously they are on the same points as uh, City and Chelsea, but they've not played anyone hard yet, have they? No, apart from West Ham. West Ham's probably the hardest, and then Villa. But um, yeah, they've not really had a, a proper difficult fixture yet, and they're already dropping points. So yeah, it's uh, probably a nervy start from United. But in terms of the game itself, it's um, it's a shame Everton have so many injuries, and obviously we'll probably learn more when Rafa does his press conference probably f- uh, Thursday or Friday. But the, the attacking injuries are 
that pretty much just crippled them up front with Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison seemingly out. But even beyond that, Seamus Colburn's pretty much their only right back. Delft doesn't really count. Gabarman, again, doesn't really count. But these numbers, they do add up in midfield because Andre Gomes is a doubt as well. Um, but yeah, quite a lot of injuries for Everett, and that's probably why I can't really make them favourites for this. And um, United should win this. They they really should, but at the same time, you probably should would have said they should have beat Villa last weekend because that that was a that was at Old Trafford as well. So was this one. Um, hmm. If Everton's attack was there, I'd probably pick them. To be honest, I could see that. I could see. Their their attack really troubling people like Maguire, who I don't think started the season well. But with the injuries I mentioned for Everton, I think United's Ronaldo against Michael Caine and all that's going to be fun for Man United fans. I think I'm going to go two one Man United, but I could see this like being a draw. I could I could see anything Everton sneaking this a draw, but I'm going to say Man United sneak this two one. Man United 2-1 win there, and that that will be a great start to the weekend for Man United. They get the win there, they get to sit back and watch other teams kind of take points off of each other. For me, uh, I'm going to go with you in that 2-1. Let, let's start off in tandem. Let's start off in union. I, I like that shot for 2-1. I think, as I've been saying this season, United have match winners in their team. That that's For me, that's how they've constructed the squad um, you hinted at the fact that Oli's not necessarily the strongest manager or in the running for strongest manager in the league. And, and I agree with you there. But what they've done is they've at least given him enough match winners in yeah. that squad that irrespective of his ineptitude, and I, and I don't mean that, hopefully, I don't mean it too disparagingly, but there is there is a difference between an, an Oli, like the Oli tactics that are being implemented and, for example, a, a Tuchel um, Pep Guardiola, Klopp, uh, Rafa Benitez, I, th- I think they've got more nows when it comes to tactical implementation. Absolutely, but, yeah. you know, tact- a bad tactic can be outdone at times with having a Ronaldo on the pitch because he's just ridiculous in terms of production. You know, stuff like that, uh, Jesse mm-hmm. Lingo coming on, um, you know, and, and, and scoring a worldie, that, that stuff helps. And I think it's going to be enough in this game against, as you said, an Everton team that's facing a lot of injuries at the moment. United also have their fair share of injuries, to be fair, but I think they've got enough to overpower Everton. And I'm um, yeah, as I said, I'm going to match you with a two-one for that one. But guy, we move on, and and I, I we we mentioned this game a little bit earlier, and it probably doesn't get bigger than this for this podcast. Let's let's be honest. It's Burnley versus Norwich. Like now, Norwich still don't have that elusive win that they've been chasing all season. Burnley don't either. So mm. Norwich also don't have a point this season, <laughs> which is a bit good. worrying. <laughs> Burnley have two draws and four losses. Tell me Norwich are getting points. Now, now, Alex came on last week. She was very disparaging towards Norwich, and it, it was very disheartening. Um, but come on, we, we need everyone to get on board of the Norwich bandwagon. Are, are you joining us? Are you, are you joining? Well, there's two words. Do you want me to lie to you today, or do you want me to tell you what the really happened in this game? 
You know what? uh, Considering what's happening later on in the podcast, it's not anything horrible, anything serious, or anything like that. But consider you knowing, you know, background knowledge here. Come on, throw me a bone here. Right. Okay. Norwich three nil. Okay, I didn't say throw me the entire <laughs> cor- carcass here. Yeah? I, I, just a bone. Just a bone was right, fine. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, let, I'll I'll keep it in the realms of realism. Wink, wink. I think Burnley will really win, but for the sake of the podcast. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Right. Okay. So I think Norwich have a good opportunity to get a point because obviously Burnley have started the season really badly. Like two points. Drop points, uh, drop winning positions against Leeds and Leicester, if I remember correctly. Um, and Everton, if I remember correctly, and then they imploded, didn't they? Um, but yeah, I think this is an opportunity for both teams to get their season really started, and, and Norwich probably more so because, as we say, Burnley at least have two points and have looked somewhat like a Premier League team at times, whereas I don't think Norwich have. But Norwich need to find a settled system, a settled group of players to to build the the um, building of the season. We've obviously losing two 0 to Everton isn't that impressive, and even the three one loss to to uh, Watford. But they need to find something. They need to find the settled back back four, back three, whatever the hell, whatever they're going to use. But I, I think they need to do that. They need to find who's going to play with Pookie. And if this is the game that can start that. I think they'll. I think they could get a point. So for the sake of you today, I'll go one all. Um, but I would say Burnley are favourites because I know that they have a couple injuries as well, which would could hurt them. But I think Burnley with Chris Wood, presumably Ashley Barnes. I I think that's a that's a strike force that could hurt and probably will hurt a Ben Gibson and Ozan Kabak. Um, Grant Hanley's pretty terrible as well. Um. So yeah, I think if you can limit Burnley's two strikers, I think uh, Norwich can do well. But that's a that's a big question mark for for them centre backs. But I'll I'll say one all for your sake to do one all, and thank you for that point. You know that that gets the season going really. If you if you think about it that way, um, it's a it's a game away from home for Norwich as well. Those points are tough to come by away exactly. from home in the Premier League when you're trying to stay up. So. Thank you for indulging me with that one. Uh, from my perspective, as, as you were saying with regards to Burnley, the performances are still there without necessarily the end results. And Sean Dyche has spoken about this um, as well himself, where he, you know, when they lost to Arsenal, where he was saying, yes, we haven't been winning, but I'm I'm kind of happy with the way our players are performing. I just hope the fact that we haven't won recently like you know disheartens the players and they end up not giving those same performances i mean you can just imagine when you're giving in performances like that and you're ending up on on the wrong end of situations it could end up unraveling really really quickly and then you know they come up against a leicester side who haven't been great this season and they looked decent um obviously leicester came on all guns blazing towards the end of the game. But for majority of that game, I thought Burnley looked quite comfortable and, and, and looked really good and sort of showcased what Daesh was saying, that we're playing well, we're just not being lucky on, you know, in both 
boxes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We're conceding goals, unfortunately, in, in situations where sometimes you wouldn't be conceding. And then we're not converting chances where sometimes we would be converting. So everything else but inside the other two boxes was really good and promising, which is worrying for me as, you know, you know, considering that this is a game against Norwich, it's a home game. It's a game where I think, I I definitely think the application will still be the same from the Burnley players. I don't think they've been disheartened. In fact, they'll probably be encouraged with that Leicester draw. Um, Norwich still, the the biggest issue for them is where the goal's coming from. If, If Pukki doesn't turn up, it seems like no one else is going to. That that's the big concern this season. Yeah, I think defensively they they will grow into it. They've got a lot of new pieces there in that back line that need to blend together and, and kind of get some sort of cohesion. So that will come. The physicality of Burnley is always a factor. That's always going to be a factor, and whether or not Norwich can stand up to that, that's the task. But it's the Premier League, and the Premier League each weekend kind of gives you one result that you look up and you're like, sorry, what that happened. And this is the result that I'm giving that, 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 that prediction to I'm giving a one nil Norwich when we're going to speak it into existence. <laughs> Norwich are getting all three points. Guy Drinkle, you've gone with a very conservative one, one. I appreciate it, but it wasn't enough. It's not enough. I'm sorry. I have to back the boys. You got to back your boykies. If you, you know, those South African listeners out there will know what I'm talking about. Varsity Cup rugby. You got to back your boykies. I'm going with Norwich. I'm going with a one 0 Norwich win. You can go with your one one to hell with the draws. I'm going for a win. And we move on to our next game. It's Chelsea versus Southampton. Now, obviously, this is a Chelsea side that's coming off of a one 0 loss. It's a Southampton side also coming off of a 1-0 loss, respectively between Man City and Wolves in terms of the teams that they competed with. But how are you feeling about this one? Um, It's weird because when you think about Southampton, you think about fragility and not being able to defend. But It's not really been like that this season. I think they had, what was it, they conceded two to Newcastle. But like, since then, they seem to have settled into the defence. I think they changed it up against West Ham, if I went correct, if I remember correctly, and dropped a bit deeper and stuff like that. I know they lost to, to Wolves, but that was... I mean, Southampton should have won that game 100%. Um, the main concern for Southampton is a lack of goals, really. I think Adam Armstrong certainly isn't Danny Ings, but they're still waiting for him to settle into the league. Che Adams really never taken that jump. Um, either as Gineppo, um maybe maybe they need to get some older heads in, like Theo Walcott and stuff like that, if if he's fit. But yeah, Chelsea are definitely the favourites. And what's the Chelsea score right now? Chelsea are losing to Juventus. Um, so they'll love it if if it sticks like that. Chelsea obviously be kind of annoyed and being at Stamford Bridge and stuff like that. They're, they're clearly the favourites, but I wouldn't be surprised if Southampton could nick a draw. I'm not going to predict a draw at all. I think Chelsea will win, but I don't think they'll get tonked. And that's probably a big thing for Southampton because usually you probably think a safe bet of at least 3 0 to a big team. But I don't think. I think they're starting to change that image. So if, if Southampton get beat heavily, it is obviously my fault. But I'm going to go Chelsea 1 0. 1 0 Chelsea. 
Ooh, very conservative mm. 1-0 Chelsea there. Now, look, obviously, you're a fantasy football player. Um, we're in a couple of leagues together. And I've, I've, this is the time, in terms of fantasy football players' perspective, this is the time of the season when Chelsea start getting that uplift in terms of their fixtures turn in mm-hmm. their favour. They've got a couple of good fixtures. They've got a couple of players. You know, if you're playing fantasy, you're looking to try and bring in three Chelsea players around this time. Yeah. Did that play a factor into your decision making here? Um, it 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 is a good point because I mean I've I think I've already done I did my transfer last week, and I believe I brought Marcus Alonso in, but I can't remember for who. I think it was regular. Yes, it was regular. Um, but yeah, I think it is that time. I mean, I'm, I've got the fixtures in front of me. I'll look them up in the background. But I know it does take a big swing. Swing, and I mean, for people who do play fantasy, I think this is where people will have earmarked swapping, say, Ronaldo to Lukaku. And if Chelsea are to go on a big winning streak, Lukaku is going to be a huge part of it because I know it was Man City last week, but as we've seen. Timo Werner still isn't it. Um, Kai Havertz hasn't really clicked yet this season, or he hasn't when I've watched. Uh, probably said the same for Mount, um, the Zietches, and everyone else who's kind of like a winger for them. But I think you can bank on their defence, and then I'd bank on Lukaku as well. I think Lukaku's class. So, yeah. I think this is where they can turn it up to 11, so to speak. I think it, it, it it's... <laughs> Not make or break, but I think this is where we see how good Chelsea really are. Are Chelsea just a title contender, or are they the team that can get up to them 95-plus point seasons? We'll see. But yeah, I think this this is where the run will start for Chelsea, I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely an opportunity for Chelsea to stamp their authority and, and make a, a claim for being in and around that title race, as you mentioned. And looking at at it from a Southampton perspective, I mean, they're also another team that's looking for that elusive win this season. There are there are five teams at the moment that still haven't won yet, but Southampton have those five, the four draws, two losses, and obviously last week we tried to break the curse. Uh, Alex was on Southampton's own. Alex Letizia was on last week, and we were trying to see if we can break that curse. It didn't work last week. I don't think it's going to be the situation this week. I think Chelsea are going to be too strong for them. I know Chelsea have a midweek game, but they're one of those squads between Chelsea and Man City. Those are the two squads I'm quite comfortable with in terms of even though they have a fixture midweek, they've got quality in depth that Mm -hmm. they can manage, you know, three games in a week or two games in a week, however you want to look at it. But I, I think that Chelsea have enough to go and bother Southampton. You're looking at the likes of Lukaku, who he hasn't produced the last couple of de- games. So he kind of owes Chelsea a, a big game in the Premier League. And I worry for Southampton that he's going to target them. It, it's just one of those unfortunate situations where you end up on the wrong side of an angry Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, from Southampton's perspective, as you said, from an attacking perspective, scoring goals, obviously they bring in Adam Armstrong. I think it's a it's a big ask for him to 
take that leap to the Premier League and have the consistency of, you know, a Danny Ings, for example. Um, obviously, the big example because he's just come from Southampton. But mm-hmm. I think there's potential there. I think the link-up play is still a bit. There's still a bit left to desire. You know, the likes of yeah. Shea Adam and stuff. They they need to link up with him more. Maybe try and spearhead the attack a lot more through Armstrong and and see where that takes you. But it will be interesting to see how they handle Chelsea. Unfortunately for Southampton, I don't think it's going to be that well. I've gone with a 2-0 Chelsea win. I think defensively, Chelsea are very, very impressive. Um, and then offensively, I think they're facing a really angry Lukaku. It, it's it's just unfortunate timing for them, really, from my perspective. But we move on to Leeds United versus Watford. A, a very surprising Leeds United this season. They're currently in the relegation zone, Guy Drinkle. They come up against a Watford side who probably were were a lot of people's favourites to be in the relegation zone. They're comfortably, should I say, in 12th place at the moment. Seven points, two wins, one draw, three losses. Uh, Ismail Assar is playing phenomenal football at the moment and he's producing, which is all that important. Leeds, on the other hand... They're getting some exciting games, not seeing them off, and they've been hit with a couple of really key injuries. Yeah, that that's it, really. I think I've seen them a handful of times this season. The United game, the first one, was embarrassing. Liverpool outclassed them. Um, what other games have I seen? I think I watched Did you watch one. last week? I think West so. Ham? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's it's strange. It's strange for them because everyone wonders whether the second season thing is actually real, and, and sometimes it's not. I mean, we we've seen teams come up from the championship and get established for a long time, like um, your Crystal Palaces. Uh, Newcastle have done it a few times. Uh, Wolves. Who else has come up? Brighton, Burnley, Villa. Obviously, they kind of got lucky with uh, goal line technology, but they they came, they came up and stayed up. Um, Leeds look like not as bad as Sheffield United, but they look kind of lost a bit like Sheffield United were last season. Now, I don't think it'll be like twenty of like terrible like um, Sheffield United were, but they really need to find something to build around. Because other than the goalkeeper having a worldy last weekend, it it's there seems to be nothing there. Like Rafinha's obviously grand, Bamford's good. Um, a couple of the centre backs like like I like Lorente, but he's always injured, and Calvin Phillips, etc. But there's not. I don't see a collective there at the minute. Like buying Dan James for twenty five odd mil, it, it seemed like a waste of money for me at the time. There's other areas, but it it just it's a worry. Like I want Leeds in the Premier League because it's a historic club, it's a big club, and they deserve to be in the Premier League. And obviously, the way they play football, it's great to watch a mad game every weekend because it's guaranteed to be mental. But in terms of this season, like, yeah, I I can't I can't predict them to beat Watford. And I know Watford have started the season quite well, but it's still Watford, and this is Leeds who. For a part of last season, we thought may have, may have been able to sneak into Europe. So, that's strange. Um, 
But you look at the Leeds defence, and they, I know they have a lot of injuries. Let me just load them up. Lorente ruled out. Bamford ruled out. I imagine that's Rafinha. Let's go with that. Rafael Diaz Belolli. <laughs> I believe that's Rafinha. <laughs> um, Robin Cott ruled out. Luke, Luke Ayling ruled out. And Adam Vorshaw has been ruled out for about three years now. And I believe Strike's still suspended. Although this lied to me last week with Granite Xhaka, so who knows? Um, but yeah, that's a lot of injuries, especially in defensive areas. So you look at the Watford team, you mentioned Ismail Asar there. Emmanuel Dennis has started the season well. I believe they got Jao Pedro back last week, and so he's probably had another week under his belt, so he could start. Um, they've got about 200 forwards. Um, Josh King's obviously starting quite well as well. Um, so I. I think the way Watford, who look like they're finally settling into a team, I mean, got Musa Sissoko, Cleverly, and is it Kuka? Kuka in midfield, I think it is. Kuka, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think they're finally settling into the team. So I think I'm going to make Watford, I'm going to make Watford a favourite here, and I'm going to say 2-1 Watford. No, Ooh, no, what, no, what, it's Leeds. Three, away two. from home. No, what, it's Leeds. 3-2 Watford. <laughs> Three to Watford, that would be a phenomenal game. That could end up then being a sleeper game, uh, stealing the weekend mm-hmm. away. Look from Leeds' perspective, in terms of just some, in terms of the Dan James signing, we know that Leeds are going to try and outrun you, and who better than Dan James to just run around? The end product might not always be there, which was always my concern when he joined Man United, was Man United need the quality, not just the running around. For example, uh, uh, Adama Traore, that's my theory why he hasn't gotten that move to the big club that so many people or some people think he deserves or should get or etc. There's no end product at the end of it. Yes, you're going to run around. Yes, you're going to create danger. Or, oh, are you taking space away? I'm sorry, but there's no end product at the end of it. And I think that's the same situation Man United just scored and it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah. I think that's that which alludes to the thing I was talking about in terms of Oli's tactics. They might not be great, but he's got match winners that will end up winning some games. Well, Ronaldo can situations. get manager of the month for that as well. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, in terms of Leeds, yeah, so Dan James, he gets that, he, he has that energy, he has that running power. I think that's why they bring him in. And then Rafinha, in terms of that injury, I think he's going to play. Um, He's had that injury for a, a, a few weeks now. And then it's just kind of managing him during the week. I don't know yeah. if he's training much during the week, but just making sure he's ready for the games. And then he will tell them if he needs to come off or, you know, if if, if anything goes bad, he'll let them know. But I, I think he should be there. And especially with Bamford being less likely to play, I think then they need Rafinha a lot more, which is what we saw last weekend. Uh, Rafinha obviously stepping up pretty big in that game. But yeah, so you've gone with a 2-3 Watford win. I'm not as confident it's going to be as high scoring. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is, to be fair, as you said, because it's Leeds. From a Watford perspective, I think they're settling in really nicely. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to will a Leeds win here because I'm looking at their, you know, where they are on the league table, the fact that they haven't won a game yet, considering 
what they did last season. And I'm trying to give them a win here, but I can't. I, I think it will be 2-1. I don't know if it will get to 3-2 and it will be interesting if it does but I think it's going to be a 2-1 win to Watford so we've both gone with the Watford win there I just think yeah, Leeds have a little bit of work to get done um, stabilising things things there but we'll move on to two clubs that are hoping to stabilise in terms of just making sure they stay in the Premier League I mean, maybe there were higher aspirations for Wolves considering what they've done the last two years or three years but at the moment, I think it's fair to say that both Wolves and Newcastle are just trying to make sure they stay in the Premier League this season. And then if they need to figure out something next season, they can progress from there. But is that a fair assessment or have you got something else in mind? Um, Newcastle, certainly. Their aim is 17th. They take 17th. Now. Oh, well, no, I should rephrase that. The fans shouldn't accept 17th, but the club would. That's a statement. They've got Steve Bruce as manager, Mike Ashley, etc. They, they, they take, the club the club itself would take 17th tomorrow, but the fans should demand more, and rightfully so. Anyone should. Uh, except maybe like newly promoted teams. Um, Wolves, though, I think safety is the baseline, but they've played really well. They, they've played well enough to be in the mid-table mix, I think. So I think they could expect a bit more. It's just whether we we see a continuation of, of Raul Jimenez from last week because he, he scored that fantastic goal, but that that's probably the main thing. If Raul Jimenez has somewhat of a season where he was before his incident, um, I think I think they'll be more than safe. I think they'll be fine. Um, I think there's still concerns about them because if Jimenez doesn't continue to score goals, I don't know who will score the goals until maybe Neto's back, and we don't know how long it'll take him for get up to speed, etc. And and the defence isn't great, so I think Wolves could get dragged back into a relegation scrap, but I think what we've seen this season so far is that they play good enough football and have good enough players, except for shooting, <laughs> um, to stay up. But shooting is unfortunately a big part of football. Um, as you would know, as yeah. a, as Brighton is your second club. <laughs> hey, we we fixed that problem now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's a weird one. Like I like Newcastle. I don't know why. I think it it's kind of sad to see a team that was even when I was growing up in the early two thousands. They were still good. they weren't as good as they were in uh, the Keegan nineties. Obviously, but that Bobby Robson team was really good. So I enjoyed watching them. And not local, but somewhat a North East team doing well is good for me, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go draw. I think I'll be a bodily draw. I'll go one all. I think Wolves don't score enough goals in Newcastle. I think Almiron playing as this false nine type thing, I, I think you could see him uh, do damage against people like Cody. Yeah. I, I believe Bolly's back um, and, and Sykes. So I think as long as they don't overly crowd at San Maximum and, and Joe Ellington isn't 200 yards away or whoever else is playing up front, I, I'll say one all. But I think this could, I think this is a game where Wolves could click because Newcastle aren't that good and they do play cowardly football. But saying that last week against um, Watford, Newcastle played excellent stuff and really should have won that game. So if they continue that, they could beat Wolverhampton. But I'll go with a one-all because 
Wolves don't score and Newcastle don't win games. So, yeah, another draw for them. Fair, fair enough. I I can't argue too much with that one. In terms of Almiron, I'm going to predict he's going to have three chances where you genuinely think he's going to score and he's going to miss them. And I, I don't like predicting stuff like that on players because I, I, I kind of want them to do well. But every time I see him play, it's kind of like he's the almost guy. He reminds me mm. of whenever whenever teams get a free kick that's too close to potentially being a penalty, that free kick never goes in. Either it hits the wall or it goes over the bar. It never, ever, 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 ever goes in, especially now that they have people lying on the ground behind <laughs> the wall. Um, and we won't get into that discussion because Messi was lying on the ground this past week. And I mean, having Messi lie down there, I mean, I mean, that's just criminal. But it's one of those situations where it's always going to be an ooh moment. We're all so close. That's how I feel with Am- Almiron. Um, and as, as is tradition, the fact that I've just predicted that he's going to have three chances and he's going to be so close and he's not going to get them in, you know he's going to bang a hat-trick now. So if if, if you want to go to the bookies and book in an Almiron hat-trick, by all means, go and do that. But for this specific game, I get where you're coming from with Wolves. As we said, they're, they're Brighton of last season. They're playing really good football. I've enjoyed the football that they're playing. They've looked threatening. They've looked aggressive. They just don't have that end product at the moment. And I'm kind of waiting for Jimenez to get to that point where he's that missing link. Obviously, it's going to take him a while maybe to, to get back to the Jimenez that they knew pre the unfortunate injury. Um, or it comes from someone else. You know, Traore has been threatening for years now. Um, can he now get that end product? Maybe this is the game where he does. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. With regards to Newcastle, I'm going to give Newcastle a 1-0 win here because, as you were saying, Wolves are playing well but frustrating in that they can't finish things off. I think that's going to be the situation in this game where they're going to struggle, they're not going to be able to finish it off, and then Newcastle are just going to get a goal on the counter-attack. And we all know it's going to have some sort of involvement from St. Maximum because everything goes through him for Newcastle, in my perspective. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my prediction. I've got 1-0, you've got 1-1. We will see how well that goes. But, Mr. Guy Drinker, we've reached the halfway point of the show, and we've been doing squad scramble. Um, of late, and Alex Letizia obviously took the leaderboard by storm Cheated. last week. 16 out of 20, which was just unheard of. She only needed one question in each of the four rounds before guessing correct. She which, used my method, is... though, so I'm the OG. So, yeah. Yeah, but she, she 2.0'd it. She did it better. It's harder so, for me because Liverpool have a lot of people and Southampton have two players. So, you know. You know what? You know what, Guy? <laughs> who, who was the actual person um, that invented the light bulb? Do you know them? The light bulb? Um, yes. I believe it's Edison or is it... What's his first? The other one, the Frankenstein one. You see... Edison is credited with it, mm. but you you don't actually know the name of 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 the dude before him, do you? Tesla. 
Tesla. Uh, 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 it's close. Uh, you don't really know. You you see, you <laughs> don't really know. We don't really care who started with the tactic. We want to know <laughs> who used it and got sixteen out of bloody twenty. I don't see a car and company. I don't see a car company called Edison. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Your name's probably been written out of history now. Um, Alex can claim it, and rightfully so. She's top of the leaderboard. Quite frankly, I don't know if anyone was ever going to top that. And I, you know what, guy? I don't know if we'll ever find out. Maybe next season we might bring this game back. Maybe we might bring another one. It'll be interesting to see. But in, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, later on we're going to discuss some stuff that leads to why last week was the final episode of Squad Scramble. Um, And we'll discuss it later on in this podcast. But, Guy, we're going to do a different game this week, and I hope you're ready. Um, I'm springing it on you, so it's a trial and it's a trial game because it's only happening for one week. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen for the next couple of weeks, but maybe it's going to happen at least definitely this week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if it's horrible, it's probably going to get cancelled, um, but we'll give it a go. What's going to happen is I'm I've got a word randomizer here, and it's going to churn out a phrase or join two words together or whatever and you obviously being a liverpool fan i'm going to have to sing or hum a liverpool song that is sung by the liverpool fans during games to the tune of that song but using only the words from the phrase that gets churned up and you have to guess that song right we'll do a couple of rounds of that i hope you've got that Yep, I got it. It's just a shame I'm a Liverpool fan and we have 250 songs, so this is going to be hard. <laughs> it it will be interesting. Um, Can let, I be a yeah, Chelsea let... fan for this? They only have like two songs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Which, shots Well, fired. they have the Gerard song and the shout Chelsea. <laughs> shots fired. Ah, they're not. Okay. Are, are you ready? Are I you am. ready? Okay, so I'm I'm going to spin the wheel here and we'll see what phrase comes up uh okay so the first phrase that comes up is chicken livers <laughs> okay um so chicken livers has come up and then i need to pick a livable song and i need to s- sing chicken livers with that song so if you can just let me know how confident you are in this game while I kind of get the tune of the song. Yeah, I understand. I'm going to have to guess. I'm not good with songs in general, but Liverpool songs, hopefully something sparks for me. I will guess you'll never walk alone every time because it'll be an easy bet. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. <laughs> that would be cheating. <laughs> that would definitely be cheating. Uh... Okay, so I've can you hear the song, by the way? I cannot. Okay. You won't know, so, you won't know uh, if I'm lying until you hear the podcast back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can't. Okay. Wink, wink. Okay, so I've, I've, got, I've got a song here, and the words is chicken round. Chicken livers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? I am indeed. Okay. Chicken livers, chicken livers, 
Chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers. Is it Ale Ale Ale? No. Oh. Chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken. Oh chicken livers, chicken livers. This is the livers, hardest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers. You'll never walk alone. No, it's not. All right, guy, that was all round the fields of Anfield Road. Oh my god. Chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers, chicken livers. I'm not good at this. Nothing? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let let's okay. We'll move on to the next song. Let let's see if you can get the next one. Hopefully you can get this one. And listeners, if you did get that song, please definitely tweet at us and also at Guy Drinkle to shame him for not being able to figure that one out. Um because that, that was a bit embarrassing, Guy. It was. Uh, you you went a bit left field. You went a bit left field with that one. I did. So the next song that we have, um, oh, sorry, the, 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 let's see. So the, let's spin the wheel in terms of the word generator that we have. And the phrase we have is dance floor rhythm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my word. Okay. Dance floor rhythm. Can I just go with dance floor? Yeah. That's a long ass okay. phrase. Yeah, because that's a bit of a long, long phrase. Okay, here we go. Dance floor. Okay. And we'll go. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor. Which song is it? Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor. Dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance. Dance floor. Dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance floor, dance. You got it? I I can hear it in my head and I can't figure the name. Oh my word, come on, dude. Anfield you can Road. sing it if you've got it. I can just get the I can get the tune from your tunes. <laughs> dude, uh, this is this is this I'm is bad with songs. Wreck. Leave me alone. There's something that's a cop wants you to know. Oh uh, yeah. Best in the world is Bobby Fermino. Okay. So yeah, over to you. This, I'm this bad with cool. songs. I don't this, do this, this, this is why we trial and error with the EP, guys. Yeah. Because when things don't work out, it, 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 it yeah, the suits upstairs are not going to be happy with this guy. Eh. Um, we'll move on to the last one. I don't even know if you deserve a last one. I don't, but yeah, don't. I, I'm crap with song. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. You don't deserve a last one. I don't. Um, we'll iron out the kinks to this one. 
um, and we'll figure it out. Let's move on to our next game because Guy Drinkle has not been able to figure this out. But you know what? If you guys do want to figure out how to watch football this weekend, why don't you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield? Liberty Shield are a VPN provider. You can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can save 20% with the coupon code EPLVPN. And they are an awesome package. They have awesome features, including privacy and security, where you can hide your IP address from any hackers, etc. You can also do, well, you do that by encrypting your internet traffic through Liberty Shield. Um, they also can provide you with services that avoid geo-blocks and government-imposed restrictions so that you can access any website. I'm looking at all those fans that will be scrambling during the three o'clock kickoffs, for example. Um, they're, they're just awesome. They're great sponsors. We love them. If you guys do try them out, definitely let them know that you heard about them from Atab Predictable. Or even if you don't try them out, just tweet at Liberty Shield to say, hey, we heard about you from Atab Predictable, just so they know that our fans love them and we do appreciate them. And then also, guys, you can check out EPLindex.com. They are the co-presenters of this podcast. But Mr. Guy Drinkle, we move on to the next game after your abysmal performance. And hopefully this game isn't abysmal because it's Brighton versus Arsenal, the game we've been bigging up for, you know, parts of this podcast. What are you expecting from this game? I think a lot depends who's fit for Brighton. Um, so Webster's out, who's probably their, one of their key centre-backs in terms of getting the ball forward. And, and, and um, he dribbles with the ball like Joe Meyer. Um so yeah, but probably more importantly, Yves Basima, um, who is one of the best midfielders in the in the league. Never mind in in the bottom half of the league or even the middle of the league. He is just that good. He, he's been excellent this season. He was excellent last season. And if he's fit, I, I I can see Brighton winning this game. If he's not, if as long as Thomas Partey's not injured, um, he's obviously had his own problems. I think Arsenal would dominate in the midfield. But if if Basuma's fit. I can see a real war in there. Um, he he's excellent. So's Partey, to be fair. So I'd I'd like to see that battle in midfield. Um, so yeah, I will say, but if according to this, Basuma's fifty fifty, but he was close to being available for the game on Monday. So I'll say he's fit for this, for the sake of this. Um, I think this will be close. I think Brighton with Basuma. I think he's. I think he's good enough to handle the your likes of Smith Rowe, um, your your Sackers and your and your Odegaards, um, and then you can see the likes of Adam Lallana pressing on to party. Uh, Jacques is out now, isn't he? For for a few months, so he won't be playing. Um, it's just whether Brighton can score the goals. I think Morpé obviously scored the excellent goal against uh, Crystal Palace in the last minute. Trossard obviously scores the odd worldie. Um, but it's just getting more goals in the game. I think Welbeck's injured as well, actually. So I think they need more goals, maybe more from like people like Alexis McAllister, uh, Lalana himself, uh, other forwards. I don't, I can't even really remember any other forwards. Pascal Gross can obviously pop up with a goal and stuff like that. But yeah, if Brighton attacks click, I'm going to go with a two-all. But if Basuma isn't fit especially, I think Arsenal will win. But... I think this will be a good test for both teams to see where they are where they are in in terms of the season. Um, and Arsenal, excellent 
form at the minute with three wins in a row. I think the two back-to-back wins, 1-0, weren't too impressive because it was Norwich and Burnley, obviously. But the Tottenham game, I think this will be the game that shows whether Arsenal were really good or was it the fact that Tottenham were so bad it made Arsenal look good. Um, But yeah, I think I'll go 2 all to be safe, but I I could really see this being anything. Arsenal could just continue clicking and wipe the floor with him, or Brighton could just score every shot and, and, and do the same. So I'll say to all, I think there'll be goals. I think it'll be a good watch. I think this will be a good litmus test for both of their seasons, really. Oh, I'm so, so excited for this game. I, I can't wait to watch it. And as I, as I was alluding to earlier, this is probably the game I'm most excited about just because I, I want to see what Brighton are this season. I know they've played well. I know they've performed well. And as you said, they're in sixth place at the moment. They could have potentially gone into first place if they had mm. won on Monday night. So they've been playing ridiculously well um, against an Arsenal side who are starting to gain momentum. Obviously, the Xhaka injury is massive for them. I think he's kind of a mainstay in midfield for them. Whether you like him or you don't, the fact is he's always in the starting lineup when he's fit, pretty much. So, you know, take that as you will. And as I said, it it doesn't matter what your own opinion is. It seems like every manager that's at Arsenal seems to value him enough to put him in the starting lineup. So it'll be interesting to see how much that affects the team. Is it then like a party Lokonga uh, midfield? by Or yeah, does Odegaard drop back yeah, deeper, maybe? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say, uh, yeah, so the balance of Arsenal will be interesting to see in this game. And as you say, playing a Brighton side who, under Graham Potter, I think they've played really good football. They just ha- didn't have that end product. Now they're getting it. The likes of Mope, who he's one of those players that you hate if he's not in your team, but you love if he is in your team. I mean, some of the celebrations he was doing, both when he scored and then after the game as well, I'm sure was infuriating for Crystal Palace fans. But oh, this is going to be a fun game, and I don't know which way to turn. I'm I'm gonna lean Arsenal. I'm gonna lean. I've got, I'm going back to back one nils here, and I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, that hurts. That it's hurts disgusting. because I think Brighton have got goals in them. They've shown that this season. But I'm gonna go with an Arsenal one nil. And I'm sorry to put a damper on a game that should be really exciting. In in my heart. I hope it ends up like a 2-2, two, 3-2 two, two type situations. But I'm going with my head here. And and there's a reason why I'm going with my head. But I'm going 1-0 for this game. And partly the reason I'm going with my head here is because a lot of people are having that conflict this season so far, uh, Gardrinkel, that I've spoken to, where they've entered the EPL Index predictions competition. And they don't know whether to predict certain games with their head or certain games with their heart. And, you know, if you're in this situation or, for example, if you are someone that likes doing predictions, then definitely go sign up for the free season predictions competition on eplindex.com slash predictions and you stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week. If you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop, and you also get a £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield. 
So it'll be interesting to see what score predictions we can get for that game. And even more interesting, from my perspective, for the Crystal Palace versus Leicester game that that obviously kicks us off on Sunday. There are three games that are at 2 o'clock on Sunday, but Crystal Palace versus Leicester, that's going to be on Sky Sports. That's the televised game. A Leicester side who are trying to get their season on track against the Crystal Palace side who I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I liked the fact that it seemed like Patrick Vieira was getting the team geared up for this part of the season where their fixtures aren't going to be as difficult maybe as as they had to start off the season. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, you're thinking Leicester's going to be a very difficult game and they potentially could still be a difficult game. But Guy, this is a different Leicester to what we saw last season. What are you expecting from this game? Um, Yeah, Leicester have obviously the tools to hurt Crystal Palace and Vardy. Still scoring goals. Harvey Barnes hasn't really clicked this season yet. It, it, it's strange to me that Inianacho isn't getting a lot of minutes. Um, Pats and Dark are probably less so because I think he's more the successor of Vardy, whereas I think Inianacho can play with him. Um, Perez is starting games. It's a bit weird. Um, I don't know. They just don't seem like the the Leicester City team from the from the last few seasons under Brendan, where they just seem good in in most areas. Maybe not excellent in every area, but they're certainly good in every area. Whereas now the defence looks weak, attack looks good in spells, but probably a bit inconsistent. Um, it's just it's a weird one. It is a weird one with with Leicester, and it, it really depends who how they turn up on the day, but. I, I think we, if Edouard, Zaha, and well, maybe not Jordan Ayew, but he obviously has a role, he's probably the starter, but if they click, I, I could see them hurting because Vestergaard and Sionchu is not. I know it's brand, it's a brand new centre-back partnership, but it isn't it. It really isn't it. They need, they need Johnny Evans back, who I think was quite close. I think, yeah, 50-50 according to this site. Uh, they need him back, they need the Voigts at the back, and they, they need Fafana and Justin back at some point, but I think they're still very long-term. Um, yeah, so you mentioned ones that, a, a, a fixture that kind of catches the eye in the weekend. I could potentially see it being this, or maybe one other, which we'll get to in a little while. But I, I'm going to say Palace... Hmm... Palace, 2-1, which maybe not be that big of a shock, but I think people still think Leicester are Leicester, so that might be a shock. But I'll say Palace 2-1, I think the tools to hurt them are there, and I think the defence is quite good, so yeah. I think they can nullify Vardy, so welcome. Well done on your hat-trick, Jeremy, son. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And look, just in terms of James, uh, Johnny Evans, he was fit enough to be on the bench last week but wasn't used so it'll be interesting to see if he does get they thrown have a in europa to league and... game tomorrow as well so we'll know more they about. do yeah definitely um from my perspective i'll keep it short and sweet i'm gonna go three one crystal palace i think in a big spot uh sunday game you know as i said their three games start kicking off at two o'clock they've chosen crystal palace leicester you know that only means one thing zaha's turning up 
if it's a game that's televised, Zaha's turning up, it's going to be 3-1. I think he's going to be a big factor in that. And speaking of big factors, or rather not big factors at the moment, we move on to our next fixture. It's Spurs versus Aston Villa. And probably the, the biggest talking point of the transfer window was whether or not Man City were going to get their you know, alleged target, Harry Kane, they end up not getting him. He stays at Spurs. But he, to me, you know, since he's come into that Spurs team, they've not looked good. I enjoyed the way they were playing before he came in. Um, obviously, he he missed out because he had the England commitments and partly because he decided not to come to training. But, Guy, what do you make of the Spurs team? I mean, they can't not drop Harry Kane. I, I mean, they can't drop Harry Kane, sorry, should I say. And they're facing an Aston Villa side who have been up and down this season. I, I can't seem to m- make up what Aston Villa is going to turn up. Hmm. I think Villa seemingly settled on a play style. They've seen they've gone three at the back, um, five across with the with the wing backs, obviously the five in there, and then two up top with uh, Ings and uh, Watkins. Watkins. Yeah. So I think that that's quite that's something nice to be settled into. I think. What is Bailey's injury status? Ruled out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think as long until Bailey settles in, and maybe Buendia, but, but I think Buendia could probably play in a midfield free, but Jacob Ramsey's probably the more attacking one at the minute, and he seems to be settled in there, so he's doing well. Um, but yeah, until Bailey kind of re-emerges after his game against Everton, um, I think that'll be the shape. Um, yeah, I, if we go to Spurs for a sec, Jesus, what a mess. They, I was talking to Dave earlier. They've basically hired a worse version of Mourinho. Like, how have they, how have they done that? <laughs> like, I know Nuno's quite likeable, but yeah, it's still, it's still Mourinho-esque. Might as well have just kept Mourinho. At least Mourinho has some sort of history. Um, but, he yeah. was coached by Mourinho. Yeah, he was as... Uh, like third choice goalkeeper at Porto or something, wasn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's not pretty at Spurs, and I can't see it getting much pretty because Harry Kane looks embarrassing. Ali, after a promising start, has reverted back to what he was under Mourinho, and, and even late stage Pochettino just doesn't look bothered. Um, doesn't look good either. Uh, and Dombele, does he want to be at Spurs? Who knows? But leaving Heisberg with. 80-odd metres of space to cover, it's not going to work, so you need to fix that midfield. The defence isn't good. You need to you need to get Romero in there. Um, I'd probably... If I was them, I'd just go three at the back. Like, Romero's good, but we know the other centre-backs aren't. Just go three at the back. You got away with it at Wolves with bad individual defenders. It'll help the midfield. Um, and then Morris, Son and Kane. As you say, they were better without Kane, but that's a hundred and fifty million pound player they should have sold in the summer. Um, but yeah, left it too late, and that that's probably more Man City fault than Spurs. But I, I'm still of the opinion they should have sold him and reinvested. Um, I'm going to make Villa favourites. I think they're much more settled team unless there's more injuries I missed. No, other than Twan Zebi, but uh, what's his name? Courtney Hauser. He, he obviously scored and gave away a penalty last weekend, but he's <laughs> he's an all right deputy. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Villa. Villa three one Villa. 
Wow. Guy Drinkle in a big spot. Yeah, I, I, I can't just predict, made a bigger prediction than my last one, didn't I? <laughs> I was going to say that that's that's insane. Okay. Um, we'll see if that comes to fruition. From my perspective, I think the best thing for Spurs just on the basic, basic elementary level is Hoiberg skip as a center midfield pairing. Mm-hmm. Whether it is going to be two midfielders or three midfielders, you need to give Hoiberg some sort of assistance in there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to play Ndombele, it's going to be an awkward conversation because either Ndombele or Ali plays. I'd play um, Ndombele if, over Ali. Yeah, I would too. If you're going to play Ali, you need to play him out wide. That That's just where we've gotten to at this point in time, just because... We need that cover defensively. They've got Regulon on the left that bombs forward. They've now got Emerson on the right that bombs forward as well. It's leaving way too much space defensively. So you've got to pick a struggle. If you're going to have those fullbacks that are both bombing forward on either side, you've got to have mm-hmm. cover. So Skip's got to play mm-hmm. for me. And then that's fine. You've got the balance. You've got the guys up front. Kane, I get the whole, you know, you should have sold him. You know, at at his highest value, I don't think they were ever going to get a, a higher value for him than no. this past season. But from maybe from Levy's point of view, from a selfish point of view, they're hoping that Kane was going to be selfish enough in the sense of, okay, I haven't gotten my move, but I still want to break goal scoring records. So even though I'm pissed off being here, I'm still going to play well because I can't abandon a whole season that could jeopardize my individual legacy. At the moment, it seems like he doesn't care. <laughs> it seems like it's just burning mm. everything to the ground. So if they can convince him to get going, uh, that would be good for them because I don't see Nuno dropping Kane. I think that might cause bigger problems than before. Yeah. But Villa on the other side, I'm still, I still don't know which Villa is going to turn up. And I'm going to guess that it's not going to be the great Villa that turns up for this one. And Spurs, when they have one, they've only won 1-0. So I'm going to go with the 1-0 Spurs win. <laughs> that's my logic for that one. Because that that's the only way Spurs seem to win at the moment is 1-0 wins. But Guy, we'll move on to West Ham versus Brentford. And this could be a surprisingly interesting game. Brentford gave your Liverpool squad a, go, a real go last weekend. Um, and almost won it if it wasn't for one Virgil van Dijk pulling off a last-ditch tackle against a West Ham side who have Mikel Antonio back, and that's probably the the big factor. Antonio versus Tony. This is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you mentioned last week, Ivan Tony, future Liverpool striker. Um, that is, I've now decided. Uh, he he was magnificent. I've ne- I've never seen like. I've seen Liverpool play Lewandowski, uh, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Benzema. Benzema was kind of more against Nat Phillips than, than anything, but we have played him a few times. Um, but I've seen Liverpool. I've seen Liverpool play world class strikers like everywhere. I've never seen a striker give Virgil Van Dijk that much problem than Ivan Tony has. I, also, Joel Matip. I've seen Joel Matip without Van Dijk pocket Lewandowski. So it's not just it's not just Van Dyke as well. Tony battered both of them. He he really did. Um, but yeah, onto the game itself. 
I, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I keep <laughs> I mentioned the Crystal Palace Leicester one as my surprise, but I'm almost favouring Brentford just because they were that impressive against Liverpool last weekend. And if it wasn't the fact that Liverpool have your Mo Salah up front, um, your Jot is doing well. Uh, Mane is kind of even in like minutes of games he's kind of t- going back to world class to being like the worst player you've ever seen <laughs> so hopefully he decides which one he's going to be soon um but yeah Brentford was so impressive it was it, it pretty much made me think they they they're already safe I, I think they look like a premier league team um and west ham yeah west ham are weird where are west ham are 7th but obviously big win against leeds last week the dodgy game against United where they decided to gamble. But, I mean, the last, the three games before the previous one, two draws and a loss, I could see another draw. I think Brentford have the tools to hurt West Ham. Obviously, West Ham have a Europa League game tomorrow as well, so maybe we could get an indication of how they'll play. Um, or who they'll play. But, like, Zuma's still settling up. I could see Tony giving him, him bother. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go two all. I'm. I'm gonna go two all. I think this will be a really fun game. I almost, I almost wish at the start of the podcast I picked this one. I think this could be a really fun game. It's almost a shame it's not on TV for us, um, in the UK. So, EPL VPNs. <laughs> yeah, if if you do want to watch it, definitely go and subscribe to LibertyShield.com. As we said, Liberty Shield are a VPN provider. They provide services where you can hide your AP address. And more importantly, you can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website, libertyshield.com. You can catch every single Premier League game. You can catch American TV. You can catch Australian TV, South African TV. Guys, it's such an awesome, awesome package. Um, I can't recommended any more than that but yeah so you've gone 2-2 i'd written 2-2 for me here i'm going to stick to 2-2 i think that there's going to be a very exciting game and as you've you know kind of talked yourself into we've kind of got a few exciting games here because sunday looks fun (laughs) yes sunday looks like a great day to watch football um not just american football but premier league football and guy we end off sunday with Liverpool versus Man City, just the the small matter of Liverpool right, versus Man City. I mean, not bad, not a bad way to end the weekend. I mean, from a Liverpool perspective, then are you thinking? Do you prefer to play at the end of the the weekend than at the beginning? There's potential to ruin an entire weekend mm-hmm. if you if this game kicks off the weekend. But how do you see this game going? Yeah, anything but a half twelve kickoff. I think that's probably the same for everyone. <laughs> Jesus. It's always flat and it's always boring. Um, yeah, half toes are awful. I, I probably do prefer the Sunday games because you kind of you watch the game before and you're like, well, this was crap. <laughs> I want to get onto my game though. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a big game. It's kind of a blossoming rivalry, isn't it? It's probably intensified since Pep and Klopp came in. Because, obviously, Man City dominated the league for so many years. The 100-point season, everyone was like, ooh, who's going to catch these? And then, obviously, City won the season after, but what was it, 99 and 98 points, was it? Or might be 98, 97, I think it was, actually. Um. So, yeah, th- th- these two teams have just been in a war for, for, 
pretty much trying to be the best team in Premier League history, certainly points-wise. Obviously, the debates to be had about the Invincibles, the the team that won the league three times in a row for United, the treble winners, etc. Uh, and Chelsea uh, under Mourinho, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's a great fixture because usually it's not boring. Like Man Liverpool, Man United games are either mental or boring. But I don't remember... Usually t- more boring than Yeah, anything. especially, like, the first one of the season is always boring. It doesn't matter what stadium it's in, but it's always boring. Um, but Liverpool-Man City tends to be quite fun, apart from last season when Man City just battered us twice, if I remember correctly, um, which isn't fun. Um, but, yeah, as long as both teams have their squad fit, it's usually a great game. Um, so... In the game itself, uh, Liverpool have a cup. Well, we always have injury problems in midfield. It's just the way it is. But the big one is is Trent being out. Um, we don't have any other right back cover, so it'd probably be James Milner. I'd prefer it to be James Milner over Joe Gomez because Milner's played there a lot more recently and obviously had spells at left back and stuff. So I think he's more used to the full back position. Um, Thiago's out as well, which is obviously a big miss. He's he is the Ginny replacement. Um. It's quite fun. I mean, obviously, with your neutral, he- pretending neutral head on to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you go Curtis Jones? Would you go Naby Keita? It, it's a lot of question marks in Liverpool because if well, say if we didn't need Milner at right back, it, it's a, such a clop thing to whack Milner in a game for like, like this. But almost put uh, kind of releases him for that. So it'll be an exciting midfield, and then Man City. Uh, losing to PSG in midweek, obviously the great result over Chelsea, but they have been a bit up and down this season, like the drawing with Southampton and and other things. But they don't seem to have that clinical nature up front. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen the the miss against PSG where they hit the bar from like a yard out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they've not really replaced Aguero. We mentioned them trying to buy Kane. It it seems to be the difference between this team now. And maybe the team of a couple of years ago. I don't think the defence is quite the same as well, but certainly just the the goal the pure goal scoring number nine, I think they're missing. But I will go with my Liverpool head on three two Liverpool. Wow. What a way to end the weekend. That would be a fun way. I mean a two two in West Ham Brentford and then a three two in Liverpool, Man City, not to forget the 3-1 you've predicted for Aston Villa Spurs, that would be a fantastic Sunday. Um, From my perspective, I think both teams are coming into this. Obviously, I think it's going to be a cagey game. I think both managers are going to say, look, I don't want to lose this game. I'm happy with the draw and I'll get my points elsewhere in the league. That That's kind of where this fix just starting to get to for me. Um, initially they were kind of going gung-ho and like, I I can outgun you. But it's become a lot more tactical. It's become a lot more cagey. It'll be interesting to see if that's the same situation, you know, this time around. I think the difference is going to be, and and you mentioned, you know, in terms of attacking players, maybe specifically strikers, but just attacking players in general. We know KDB isn't the KDB from a couple of seasons ago Mm -hmm. in terms of just form and injuries, etc., I think Salah's going to be the difference in this one. I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool, and I think Salah's going to make the, a huge difference in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets both goals. I just think that 
he's going to be so up for this game, and that's going to be the difference. But Mr. Guy Drinkle, if I'm not mistaken, that does it for us for another episode of A Tad Predictable. You've said it all. Um, it was really fun having you on. And before we get to the announcement, let's just go through plugs. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um, so bits and bobs from me uh, on the Liverpool side. I hosted the Brentford post-match. That's probably a bit dated now. Um, we did our match ratings for that game as well. Again, maybe a smidge date, but if you're a Liverpool fan, fantasy something listening late in the week, there's that. Uh, and tomorrow I'll be hosting uh, the European Roundup show as well, um, Euro Incision. So yeah, I'll be joined by Femis, a Greek journal. So we'll go through Liverpool's game, obviously Sheriff beating Real Madrid as well, while we... Um, PSG beating City, etc. We'll go through all the English games and, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the European Roundup show tomorrow. Probably and that's one. on Anfield Index. Yeah, Anfield yeah. Index Pro, that one. Awesome stuff. Uh, from my end, guys, go and check out EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you could wish for if you're trying to catch up on midweek games and everything. Injuries is a big thing. If you want to catch up, go check out eplindex.com. Of course, there's the daily show, the Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, finally, you can also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable with Kev DeVries, um, where he sits down with a whole bunch of panelists and they basically do reviewing and previewing of the happenings around the epl you can follow this show on the twitter page at atad predictable you can follow at epl index on twitter subscribe to epl index podcast channel on your podcast providers give us five stars write some positive comments if you feel so inclined that stuff really really helps us out go sign up as i mentioned earlier for the free season predictions competition eplindex.com stroke um, predictions and stand a chance to win all you have to do is to go to get your your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week it's completely free if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21 22 epl season you stand a chance to win a hundred pound voucher for epl index shop and 300 pounds cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield. Now, Mr. Guy Drinkle, we've had a quite a laid-back podcast today. Um, there wasn't a hectic run sheet. We kind of just got to wax lyrical and sit back and enjoy um, chatting football between two mates, which is always fun. But speaking of laid-back, speaking of taking you know a, a chilled approach, I'm going to be taking a holiday. Um, I, I sent my holiday application into the, the suits upstairs. It it got approved. Um, I don't know if there was much, um, you know, pushback that happened behind the scenes. I'm not privy to that. Maybe you are as the EP. But I'm going to be away. Fortunately, the Premier League is going to be away next week because it's international break next week. But following next week, we've got the games that kick off on the 16th of October. I'm away for that. There are games that kick off on Friday, important for people to note, Friday the 22nd of October. If you play fantasy, get your teams in on the, you know, on the Friday. I'm going to be away for that as well. And then also, I've been given 
that Saturday, the 30th of October, when those games kick off, I've been given license to be on holiday for that time as well. So about three weeks that I'm going to be off of a tad predictable. I've given the keys to the EP himself, Mr. Guy Drinkle, and obviously the host of Two Footer Podcast, Dave Hendrick. Um, yeah, so you guys are going to have the keys. Don't burn the house down. Yeah, I best. I, do I take the opportunity to make Dave's guest songs while shouting chicken? Is that is that what I do with this? Look, I I don't know if this goes past a week. You were so <laughs> bad at this. No. I genuinely don't think it no. does. I'm bad with songs, as I say. But when someone shouting chicken livers at me, I'm very confused. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Um, but yeah, so basically the plan is, um, whilst Tadira is away, obviously he has his his uh, selection of guests, me and usually Dave included. But I think for the for this time period, obviously we have the international breaks, so that'll be it. But me and Dave usually do the Friday show where we basically do our version of a tad predictable. But maybe we'll just either combine this into an episode of Two Footed, or we'll do a, a separate one as Tad Predictable and then morph the Friday show. I think I mentioned today maybe like a roundup of press conferences or something like that. But we'll figure it out, whether it's an episode of Two Footed or it'll still come out as Tad Predictable. You will still get your predictions from us one way or the other. So that is pretty much it. It'll be me and Dave for them. For them, was it three weeks it was? A free weekend? Yeah, three yeah, weeks. So them three I, weekends. I, I took liberty to get that extra week as well, which I'm I'm very grateful for. And yeah. as we say, guys, it will still be under the EPL Index banner. It will probably be out, and I'm going to guarantee it now. So you're kind of handcuffed. It's going to be under the A-Tad Predictable banner as well. So you'll still get your podcast in the same place each week you'll get your predictions for those three weeks that I'm away. And then when I come back, we're bringing back Bank It or Burn It. So we've kind of given the panelists a few fun games, squad scramble, um, you know, just to get geared up for the season. They've been able to see how teams are playing. They've got a feel for the league now. It's going to be November by the time, you know, I come back. So they're going to have a feel for the league. And then we're bringing back Bank It or Burn It. Obviously, Jody won the trophy last season. Huge trophy. Um, you can go to her Twitter at Spursy141 if you want to see the pictures of the trophy, etc. Um, but yeah, it's all up for grabs come November. And we'll obviously be crowning a champion at the end of the Premier League season in May. Uh, Guy, you made a very bold claim last season that you're coming after that trophy. I've already got I've got a place dusted off ready for it to do. Oh, Oh wow. About that. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, you're definitely going to have to back that up, but we will find out in November whether or not you do. From my end, I've been Tadiwa Chanakura. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros and our Bank It or Burn It champion at the moment, Jody is at Spursy141. We have a brand new intro song that is so awesome. Huge thank you to Obi Semenyan. It's actually his birthday today. So happy birthday to Obi. He's at John Empire SA, our producer behind the glass. And he was in front of the mic this week. And he's going to be in front of the mic for a couple of weeks coming up is Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's going to have Dave Hendrick on 
as well. That's going to be fun. And remember, Chesinga Perry. Take it away by Wicks. Let's Sports Social Podcast Network.